This meeting is also available via call-in to Zoom, a link to Zoom is on the agenda. Note that it's important that all commissioners, staff, petitioners, and public microphones be muted unless speaking. Additionally, members of the public should have their video off unless speaking, and staff will assist with managing this feature. Those wishing to speak, please raise your hand. And between staff and myself, we will keep track of those who wish to speak and call upon them to do so. For those who are attending without video, uh, we'll need to interject you during a lull in the conversation. Those participating via phone with audio only can mute, unmute by pressing star six on your keypad. They can raise their hand by pressing star nine. Those participating via computer or smartphone with video can raise their hand by putting their cursor on their picture or square, no video, and near the top where there are three dot options appear. One of them is raise hand. And with that, I will call the May 4th, 2023 meeting of the Route County Planning Commission to order. And we will start with a public comment or roll call, I guess. Is Sarah remote? She is. Um, she's not on. Um, she's going to be doing the minutes um, from the recording. So we'll okay. just have to be clear. So you can just, if you'd like to announce who's here. Jim, we start with you. Uh, James Francia, present. Greg Yeager, present. Brian Kelly, present. Bill Norris, present. Linda Miller, present. Kenny Benjamin, present. Ren Martin, present. Pete Wood, present. We have a quorum. More than a quorum. That's great. Uh, public comment. Members of the public may address the Planning Commission on items not on tonight's agenda. Comments regarding items on the agenda will be taken during that agenda item. Are there any members of the public that would wish to comment on something not on the agenda? There's nobody on Zoom, correct? Well, I can see up there. Ah, correct. Yeah. Uh, moving on to item number three, approval of the minutes. Minutes from the April 6th, 2023 meeting were provided to the planning commissioners. Are there any comments, additions, deletions, or edits to the April 6th, 2023 minutes? I've got a motion by Linda. Second by Jim. All in favor, please signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? There are none. The minutes are approved. Items for consideration tonight's agenda. The bulk of it is Calgary Compost. And it's PL 2023-0027, a special use permit for the compost facility. And the applicant is Wim Cal, who I should appear tonight. And do you have anything or should I turn it to the petitioner at this moment? Around. Um, I am getting her PowerPoint set up. So give me one second. Okay. We will wait for the PowerPoint. Yes. You just have to be close enough to the owls to hear you. Yeah. If you would like to, you would like to hear me. Okay. 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 Okay
You can stand right here if you want, as long as the owls pick you up, which they are. Okay. You are good. But go once he brings it up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Take it away, Winston. So, I'm Wayne Cowman, owner of Calgary Compost Co. Um, this is a picture of our old site. We were over at the Barty Meat facility uh, close to Hayden. And um, so, we're new site um, on the Rains property out on Iowa. A little bit about me again. I'm Wayne Hellman. I have lived um, in Mountain Valley now for almost 25 years. Um, I've worked, um, lived and worked in the Yampa Valley. I, um, my husband and I have two kids. I have a kid um, who is a freshman in college and another who's a junior at the high school. Um, I worked for XL Energy for 10 years. Then I worked for the Melbourne Landfill for a number of years. Um, and then I've um, after after working for Excel, I stayed home for a bit to raise the family, then worked for Roman Landville. After that, I went to work for an environmental engineering firm for a number of years. I'm currently with YBSC as the waste version director, and I have I started this conference facility prior to the YBSC. So back in 2018, um, when I was working for the engineering firm, um, we performed a waste diversion study in Northwest Colorado. Um, it looked at Route Moffat, Rio Blanco, Grand, and Eagle counties. Um, and we did several waste sorts at different um, facilities across Northwest Colorado. Um, this one was done in Route County specifically, and it found that 30% of the materials that are going to uh, Northwest Colorado landfills are organics. So, in, in, in fact, the majority of materials go into landfill. The majority of um, municipal small waste, I should say, go into landfills. So, this doesn't include um, industrial type materials, but it's just the household or business waste that goes. 30% um, of that is organic. And you can see of the top 10 materials, the highest by, by weight is food waste. <clears throat> Um, then in 2019, um, Route County, um, with the help of YBSC, performed the um, waste diversion strategic or developed the waste diversion strategic plan. Um, I helped uh, facilitate that process, and out of that planning process came the Organics Task Force, and a number of community members sat on this committee for quite some time. Um, and you guys may remember that Hayden Station back. Um, prior to 2018, was composting at one point and quit composting. And so we lost access um, to that service. 
And so a number of people sat on this task force and we're trying to figure out how can we get um, organic processes back in our community. Um, and after sitting there a number of months, I finally said, I can do this, I'll, I'll do this. And, and I started um, another company that is now Calvary Compost Co. Um, and with that, we had lots of community support. A lot of people pitched in, they bought buckets, they did advertising, website development, um, helped me with the grant application and marketing. So it was really a collaborative effort from a lot of community members that wanted to see this happen. Um, also in 2021, the Route County Climate Action Plan was developed. And at strategy one, action two of that climate action plan says develop or expand community-wide organics recycling programs, infrastructure, and facilities work towards making composting equally accessible throughout the county. So this further supported uh, composting, a need for compost work in the Valley. Um, my process out at Calpro it's not my process, <laughs> composting in general. Um, the feedstock is food waste. It's food waste only. I, I, I no longer take compostable materials because, as you guys may have seen on the news, um, there's lots of contamination coming in um, through all these compostable you know, cups and napkins and plates. And, um, and so most of the compost facilities in Colorado have followed suit with what's happening on the front range, and that it's food waste only. That's, that's all that we're putting uh, in our compost. Um, I collect these materials from residents and businesses in the Yampa Valley. Um, my bulking material is wood chips, so I get wood chips from uh, mostly, uh, it says landscape operations, but it's tree services that provide my wood chips because um, <clears throat> I, I want to avoid herbicides and pesticides, anything synthetic in it, so try to stick to, to trees. Um, and that's the source of carbon within the compost. Um, I then mix those materials together with a track loader, a little skid steer that I have. Um, water can be added, for the most part, I'm not adding water. I don't always have access to water, so um, certainly in really, really dry conditions, it, it's nice to have water, but food waste is inherently very wet material, and so you've got most of, your, most of the water content you need within it, and you can manage your piles in such a way to try to um, hang on to that water. Um, temperature is monitored um, and, and reported. Um, it has to meet um, certain criteria, temperature criteria, in order to be considered a mature compost. Um, I aerate turn the piles weekly. That's also a requirement in order to um, meet the criteria for compost. And then once I have a finished compost, it's returned to the community and sold back to the community as a sort of menu. And sorry, what is that whole process? How long does that take? Everything about 90 days. Um, but the, the, the process actually, so to be able to sell it out of 90 days, um, the process to get it to um, what we call um, pathogen, the pathogen reduction criteria generally takes um, more like um, a month or so, 15, to, 15 days to a month. To meet the temperature and and then it's considered no longer in process, even though it's still very hot, um, it's still working, um, but it, it, it meets um, the pathogen reduction criteria. Um, and so it just sits there, and you and you do aerate it um, periodically, but not as frequently as you did in that intense phase of the 
and then nine months, I would say, um, before it's sold, it, it sits in a pile and matures for quite some time. Um, the benefits of composting is reducing greenhouse gas emissions by keeping organics out of the landfill. Um, landfills are very anaerobic environments, so food waste in a landfill turns into methane, which is a highly potent greenhouse gas. Um, and the difference between landfill and food waste and putting it in a compost pile is, is just that that aeration. You're constantly getting the oxygen in the pile so that it, it biodegrades aerobically. <clears throat> it's not. I mean, it produces very, very small amounts of methane, but um, nothing like a landfill. Um, Calgary is a carbon negative uh, enterprise. I keep track of my greenhouse gas emission reductions. And in 2022, I removed 80.58 uh, metric tons of CO2 equivalent. Um, it's a way to treat waste locally. Um, compost improves soil health and productivity. It improves soil structure. It helps soil retain nutrients and moisture. It attracts beneficial organisms and reduces the needs for synthetic herbicides and pesticides because you're providing it naturally. Um, and it reduces the potential for soil erosion. Application compost on soils helps with erosion. Um, it's creating local jobs and, of course, it's a female-owned and family-operated business. Uh, the state regulations that apply to this facility, this is a conditionally exempt small quantity facility. So um, per, that, um, per that requirement, I can have no more than five cubic yards of material being processed at any given time. Um, if I were doing an in-vessel, which we tried a little bit of that and it wasn't super successful, um, I could have 10 cubic yards, but I'm doing, I'm doing on the ground, so it's five. Um, that those limits apply only to the food waste. It doesn't apply to the wood chips. Um, so when you look at a pile, it's it's it's, it's more it's more than five cubic yards because it's the food waste that helps hold that limit. Um, and and in process, as I discussed a little while ago, refers to the material prior to meeting those temperature and turning requirements. Once it's met the temperature and turning requirements, it's no longer considered in process. Um, so it's moved over as a not a mature pile, but it's a curing pile. But, um, and the product is then so the compost itself, once it's mature, um, it's sent to a, a laboratory and it has to be tested for CDPHD regulations uh, before it can be distributed into the community compost. Um, I also have to file an annual report uh, per this conditionally exempt small quantity status. I have to file an annual report with CDPHG, letting them know how much material I've um, composted, how much wood chips, how much food waste. Um, and then I also have a stormwater um, management plan and a stormwater plan through CDPHG. Good. Thank you. Any questions for the applicant at this point? I have a question. It has more to do with what constitutes food waste. Do like the paper napkins that accompany food waste constitute food waste? I know you mentioned the cups and all of that are a problem, but I'm just wondering. Yeah, so actually, if I would take it, and I, you know, admitted I, I'm going to get some of those materials, and food waste is there's no such thing as no contamination. Uh, in, in recycling, composting, you name it. Um, and I was, you know, so no, that is not considered, is the answer to your question. If I were taking those materials, 
that counts as carbon. So it counts as the wood chips. So it's, it's paper. Yeah. So it, it acts as carbon, not as nitrogen. The food waste is the nitrogen, the wood chips, and paper are carbon. And I think in the report, it indicates the source of the food waste that you're composting um, are individual residents of Hayden, but then I, from what it reads, also uh, restaurant or industrial food waste. Is that correct? Yeah, I don't think yeah, it's restaurants and health shops. Really. I don't have any industrial at this point. I mean, I like I've talked, spoken to a hospital, but I feel like I've been talking to them for a year and it hasn't happened. So um, it's mostly restaurants and restaurants. Thank you. What's the big reason for the move? Um, Party Week is going to do something else with that site, that area. Um, they're going to do some sort of community <clears throat> gathering. I don't know exactly <laughs> what I, I should do, but they want to do something else with that. Yeah. Okay. I've got a question. You, the, you said you track your carbon. Does that include the carbon from your transportation from Steamboat out to Hayden? It does. Okay. I put in mileage. Um, so I use the EDA form model, which you put in how far your facility is from where you're picking up your materials. And it also does how far away the landfill is. You also put in mileage to the landfill and it compares if it were going to the landfill versus going to composting. So it takes into account transportation, all sorts of things. Okay. And so it's a it's a, a negative population. Cool. Aside from location, <clears throat> I was present for your last, you know, for the former site. Has anything else changed? Well, the not taking the compostable materials that changed. I think when I um, when I applied last time, in fact, I know if I edited this same slide. I, I was taking a set of food waste and compostables, so the cups, the napkins, the plates, but still under that five cubic yards. But it's still under yeah, that is not just yeah. how many how many cubic yards of compost do you generate annually? So I estimated that last year um, fifty cubic yards is what I created. <clears throat> Any other questions? <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So we are here to review the special use permit application for cowgirl cowgirl compost. Um, there really isn't a good line in the use chart to process this under. Um, so it is being processed as a solid waste transfer site. It is compost is considered a solid waste according to CDPHE regulations. And again, we didn't have a good line in the use in the use chart, so that's where it fell. And we are going to be discussing compost operations and the size of the different thresholds and our regulations update to see if uh and we'll talk about this later whether the a operation of this size should still be going through the special use permit process but that will be for a later discussion uh so since this is a special use permit planning commission will be making a recommendation to the board of county commissioners 
staff is recommending approval with the conditions of approval that are in your staff report and those conditions are the same as what are in her current permit um so where the goals of the hearing are to introduce the application and the state regulations and to get a decision on the application with the conditions of approval like when said this is a According to the state, this is a conditionally exempt small quantity compost facility. Um, and currently there are three classes or four classes of compost facility, according to the state exempt class one, two, and three. And just for reference, the landfill is a class three compost facility because of the quantity of material that it takes and the fact that it takes the biosolids from the wastewater treatment plant. And the operation of class three facilities requires an engineering design and operation plan, which is reviewed and approved by the state. And so as you can see, uh, this is a vicinity map. You can see the town of Hayden in the left-hand corner, the airport, and then her pin for where uh, the proposed site is. Uh, so this is the western portion of the site. It's not the, it's not the entire parcel. But the entire parcel is at 50, it's 52 acres. It had a residence, several outbuildings, and pens and corrals for uh, for animals. Uh, they will be using the westernmost two acres of the site, uh, which contains a three-sided structure that will be used to store the equipment in. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so the operation consists of two to three part-time employees, and they'll be operating uh, from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, they will be collecting food waste, and that was going through the composting process, but she has already done that. And so there will be on-site, in addition to the uh, compost piles and the wood chip piles, there will be a trailer, a skid steer, and uh, the blue, the black buckets and blue totes that her customers collect the food waste in. And the skid steer and buckets and totes will be stored out of sight in the three-sided structure. So we did get two phone calls from the public. Uh, one was from Alan Boko, who is a neighbor to the West, and then Gerald Gilbert, who said that his son lives over the hill to the east, but I was not able to locate where, what property that was. And both were in opposition. Uh, the reasons cited are traffic, wildlife attractants, and odors, and that there are other locations that this could be done on. Neither of them wanted to submit written comments. So I assured them that I would bring their comments up to Planning Commission. Uh, and I do have to mention that two of the neighbors of the existing operation have submitted comments over the past since since she's been operating, indicating an increase in wildlife activity in the area. And this seems to be most prevalent in late winter before natural food sources become available. And those neighbors have indicated a large increase in the number of birds, raccoons, and skunks. And as a result of that, the permittee did cover the piles to prevent access to the food waste, but with limited success. 
And since composting needs oxygen, covering it prevents oxygen from getting into the pile. So it's not, it, it's not ideal for, for this type of operation. Uh, so as a result, staff requested uh, comments from Colorado Parks and Wildlife and their letter was included in the staff report. And we did request uh, a list of mitigation measures. They suggested that the piles be covered at the end of each day, but we've gone over what the unintended consequences of that would be. And they also stated that fencing should be avoided so that movement of wildlife is not impeded. But because of the amount of fencing that is in the area and the small site that she would be using, Staff does not think additional fencing would have an impact on wildlife, but we are not suggesting that fencing be constructed right now, uh, but it could be required in the future if issues do occur on the site. Uh, most of the other recommendations from CPW have been included, and if there are any issues, uh, there is that standard condition uh, that addresses complaints and concerns and that it can be called up in front of planning commission and the board, but before that happens, we would work with the permittee to come into compliance to, to rectify the issue. So this is a, a picture of the site. You can see County Road 80 on the, the right-hand side of the picture. Uh, the three-sided shed in the left-hand side of the picture. And then on the other side of the shed, there is a drainage that flows from the hills down towards the river. And that's a pretty significantly vegetated uh, drainage that if there were any runoff from the site, that would help buffer the, any contaminants that may be in the water from, from getting down to the river. Um, but so the, the only issue that staff has identified is whether any additional mitigation measures are necessary. And then I would like to touch on the climate action plan. This was adopted by Rock County and all of the municipalities of the county in 2021. And it was a framework for uh, achieving sustainability goals. And it does put an emphasis on waste diversion. And as we've stated, this uh, the, the goals, the policies, and any action items that are contained within the Climate Action Plan will find their way into the, the updated regulations that we are working on. And waste processors are a partner in achieving the goals of the Climate Action Plan. And this includes reporting amounts of waste that is diverted from the landfill so that the community go community's goals can be achieved. And so that's uh, all I have for now, and I am open to questions. Commission members, any questions? Okay. I have one. Um, CBW was uh, suggesting different hours of operation, um, and it was from nine to five instead of eight to five. Was that? something that you guys considered with the conditions to amend or change, or I just thought it would be different. No, that was actually an oversight. Okay. Any other questions? 
any members of the public here that speak on that? So it's why. Thank you. I'm Patrick Delaney. Uh, my wife and I uh, actually own uh, the ranch at 41090 County Road 80, where uh, Wynn is proposing to put this compost facility. We've been there since 1994. Um, you know, we have we have a great relationship with our neighbors. We love the rural atmosphere of where we are. We're on the National Register of Historic Places, uh, Route County Register. Um, we've done a lot of historic preservation. And as an aside, we own the uh, Aiden Granary and Wild Goose Coffee uh, in the town of Aiden. So we're very sensitive to, um, to our community. And when Wynn approached us um, and said she was looking for a place to put a compost facility, it, it just made sense to us. I mean, this is a, a, a good effort that we all, <clears throat> excuse me, as a community can put into. Um, it meets the, uh, the goals of the Climate Action Plan. It's very low impact. Um, we have had various operations on our property as you know, farming and ranching, a uh, place we, we've raised cows, we've raised yaks, we've raised chickens. Um, we currently have a number of horses and, and a pig on the property. So in terms of uh, the impacts from this, we see it as, uh, as, as very minimal. Um, in terms of traffic, I mean, when you think about the amount of um, was it five five yards? Really, you know, that's not even a whole crop truck uh, full coming up and down the road. You know, once a week max. I mean, it's it's uh, um, it's it's pretty minimal. Um, and so, you know, we think that this really helps in, in our situation utilize a small pasture that we haven't been able to use optimally. It's not good for grazing. It's not good for hay production. And so this seems that, uh, you know, from an income standpoint, it, it makes sense uh, for us. It's close to the road. It's close to town, um, but it's still out of uh, close neighbors' ways. So it eliminates some of the impacts that uh, uh, that you may have there. So uh, we're, we're delighted to have it there. We hope that you'll uh, approve it uh, to send on to the county commissioners. And if you have any specific questions about the property, uh, I'm very familiar with it and happy to answer any questions for you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, there's nobody else. We do you have some more questions? Um, so you kind of, Alan, stated uh, that there was concerns from neighbors last time. Uh, were that Was that kind of coming from because of this new application? Or has there been complaints or kind of pseudo complaints that are kind of hard to justify with rodents? Of, uh, is this seasonal? Is this, uh, you know, because of the operation? Yeah. So the first complaint we got was in March of last year. And then the second complaint we got was in March of this year. Okay. So it hasn't been an ongoing thing. It's been, like I said, Late, late winter when the food sources are running low and they haven't, uh, the natural food sources haven't become available. So it's really just during those two times that we've gotten. And then since that last time, did, was there two documentation? Did like anybody go and check it out to verify? And if so, was there any noticeable differences between the first two? Um, so, Pictures have been submitted of birds in that area. Uh, I went and walked. So I'm, I'm going to 
pull the pull the map up so I can show you. <laughs> Um, okay, so here is, sorry, Barney Weeds, that's the, that's the current operation. And there's a fence that, that surrounds it right here. So I walked the entire length of this fence and there were, I saw six or seven different locations where bones were, bones had been, uh, left there and then there was just there was lots of animal poop all all around there um i was i mean i didn't see any raccoons i didn't see any skunks so uh but they're normally active dog and dusk when i'm, I'm not <laughs> you didn't want to go there <laughs> no no so i mean whether it whether we can prove that it was from their operation, I think that might be a stretch, but I don't think it's unreasonable. But it wasn't significant between last year and this time. So I, that's the only time that I've walked the fence was a week ago. So okay. I can't say what it looked like a year ago. Okay. And then uh, I think this is my last question. It sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the nearest neighbor right now is further away than where it was on this one, where uh, the new location is going to be 600 feet, whereas the old one was 300 feet or 500 feet. Yeah, so so this is the Ever residence, and so that's the one that's about 500 feet. This is the Sweetser residence that's obviously much closer. But then if you go over to the new proposed site, so this is the entire parcel right here. And then there is a house that has been built up on the hill right here. And so this is the this is the area that the composting would be taking place. So it, it so it is a little bit further. I was out there um, from this location, like on the, the this portion, like the the eastern edge of it. You can see the roof of this house. So there is no direct line of sight from the house down to where this the working area would be. And then I do have one more. Uh, the old site, obviously, uh, you don't really need to reclaim the site, but I would imagine that it's going to be bare ground. And so there needs to be some kind of revegetation. Uh, how and what is the SUP from that kind of saying slash whose responsibility is that and how is that going to be rectified? Um, Do you have an approved site plan with us um, for that site? So that will need to be in compliance. I imagine where the composting was, my recollection, um, they were approved for some greenhouses in that location. Uh, so it was pretty uh, compatible and in the same location. So we'll be in connection with the uh, RU. Are you eats <laughs> uh, folks uh, to make sure that their site plan um, is is in compliance? Well, is that a new application that's coming? Is that what you're suggesting? No, it's, 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 it's so much. 
part of their um, support approval that they do and then what about this new site then and say that they need to move again or want to move again expand some something like that um would that kind of fall into that same kind of category say that they need to move and they need to revegetate uh who's that responsibility i think that would be between the landowner and the operator that's that's, that's ours and, and any we would I mean, not that we want to draw, but yeah. if he does, we, I mean, it, it would leave much more fertile soil than it's there now. Um, it, that, that would be, wouldn't be a problem. I just worry about weeds and stuff like that to make yeah, sure that they get mitigated. And... No, and, and weeds are definitely an issue, but I mean, we would, we would definitely uh, put that in, um, in production. One, one thing just to point out, I mean, that's 600 feet to the Stanzix home, which is uh, the, um, the parcel right here, and there's also an elevation change of 30 feet, 50 feet, you know, something like that. So it's um, they're considerably higher than than this location. Was that one of the people who called you out? No, they did not contact me. Um, so Alan Boko, who lives right there, he's one of the the people that uh, contacted me, and the other one. Like I said, he said his son lives over the hill to the east, but I wasn't able to find uh, ownership in with the last name of Gilbert. So I I don't know. And then one other item to consider um, when Alan walked the site and, um, you know, we noticed that some of the fence was down at the Far Eats location that could have added to the problems, um, I imagine maybe from the harsh winter. Um, so it's on our list to connect with them anyway, because that's part of their site plan approval and that will need to be fixed. So that could have been part of the issue as well. Specific condition 19 A and B deals with uh, weeds, weeds and weed control. Yeah, but it just kind of talks about a weed plan and habitat. So whereas when they're gone, it's not going to be part of the plan because they're not using it. So and I think the nature of what what it is, composting actually has beneficial impacts for the soil. Yeah, the, the health of the land is going to be better for sure. But as long as it gets reclaimed, kind of for something uh, after. And it sounds like with agricultural kind of being there that we could basically say that you have to have some kind of operation going on or have that uh, be mitigated. So. We're, we're subject to weed control in the county anyway, right? So, um, so I mean, we're, we're keenly aware of that, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, but that, you know, like this, this should improve the weed situation given them they could fix something. I just didn't want to have it be on you and you know, well, no, I, I understand. I appreciate it. I mean, we're we're aware of the impacts of owning agricultural property and, and you know what can happen, especially along the road. Is there is there a reason why 14 and 19 are separated uh, under the general conditions and then the specific conditions, both having to do with weeds? Yeah, 14 is the, uh, that's like template language. Um, we probably could have combined it, and we can, we can certainly make that recommendation um, where it's a little redundant, um, but then there is a specific crafted condition for this type of operation. 
and I don't know that for this particular application, it's necessary to change anything, but as we tighten our, our ship up, that's maybe something we can look at. Yeah. Yeah. And item 19 specifically says 2022 should be 2023. Yeah, correct. I have a comment for, more for Patrick. As we look to the future in ag operations, um, I would encourage you, if you haven't already, to talk with the Rao County Assessor about this should qualify quantify for ag tax status with this type of operation. And, and we're going to need to be educating the ag assessor as to what, what qualifies, but you all have been cutting edge and Hayden and, you know, I would please push the ag assessor to look at this so that you keep your ag stack tax status. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I mean, really, you know, We've had discussions about this um, since when came to the prospect. I mean, this, is a, this is a small operation, right? I mean, you go and look at the manure piles that exist around our county from, right. you know, cattle, horses, whatever it is. Um, I, I believe that this should be a use pipe, right? I know it's, I understand why it's not right now in the, the uh, current uh, plan, um, and I appreciate that, but I, I, thanks for bringing that up. I agree with you. I mean, this is a, this is a, this is a small operation that a lot of ranches um, throughout Route County could get into and, you know, need the climate action plan, improve profitability for the, for the property, improve the soil. I mean, there's, there's a lot of wins here, and um, I, I appreciate your comment. I really We're yeah. actually going through a subdivision regulation overhaul. So if you were going to have input, this year is the year to have. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware we've been we've been told that, and we will make comments on that. Thank you. And 50 yards of total production is minuscule in the in the in the grand scheme of things. You know, that's three tandems plus a dump trailer. Um, so, and I understand the limitations imposed by the state as far as, uh, and I hope to see maybe some movement because. It seems like to be economically viable. That that needs to be that yardage needs to increase in the future to make it like a true business model. And it is under consideration right now. In fact, in twenty twenty three, they're considering bumping it up to twenty is whatever. Which would you know? So if that's a factor of four, you might be able to produce two hundred yards. And that starts kind of to get into that economic viability number as far as having a product that can be sold out there. Um, it seems like you're doing it a lot from your concern and trying to meet a need versus actually the true profitability of it. Being, selling selling and, and specking landscape materials, you could use 50 yards on a site just to amend soil. So it's pretty, it's, in my opinion, I feel like it's relatively small scale and is um, a, common, a common practice that occurs on agricultural lands in other ways. So I think this is just an extension upon that. Any other comments, questions? Only thing I'd like to kind of bring up is, I mean, 
a lot of uh, concern over traffic. Um, I think the old site was kind of conducive for drop off and pick up a lot easier than this one. I can kind of understand a little bit going up higher hill and causing a little bit more of a nuisance for that. Um, I, I wanted to see kind of uh, everybody's uh, appetite if there should be any kind of limitations for drop offs uh, for general public uh, or, or any kind of specific conditions in that regards to try and combat some of the uh, traffic. Uh, Quick comment by Slick was my place of day. I've never seen more than one vehicle there at any time. And usually don't even see one. Unless they're roving in Alan Bogos on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I support that. There's been no right. traffic problems. That's what I don't see. Yeah, I don't know that that, that this is going to increase that significantly. <clears throat> and and the, the material was so small. Yeah. That, yeah. And the, the comments from the neighbors have been recorded and are, right. are part of the record. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, mitigation from fencing, I don't necessarily think that's going to be applicable in this particular, um, uh, for this particular permit. Like to me, it seems pretty straightforward, relatively small operation, trying to get, do some good in the community, fits well with the agricultural intent of the property. I, I would see having no problem supporting the, the a recommendation for approval. If it was to so be moved. Further questions, comments? Madam Chair, Mr. Chairman, I'd uh, make a motion to uh, recommend approval of town commissioners of uh, PL 2023-0027, together with general conditions 1 to 14 and special conditions 15 to 20. God, we'll second that. There's a motion and a second. Can we add, can you just add finding a fact one? To that as well, and uh, we'll amend that to include oh. the fact. Yeah. And uh, one more thing: nine eight to five or nine to five. CPUW suggested nine to five. I'll support eight to five. Eight to five. Uh, I think eight to five is regular, and, and I'll support a friendly amendment um, with the correction so offered. So the motion is amended to to specify eight to five. And together with the uh, final fact, one more. Are we all clear on what the motion is? Who who second that? Bill. Was was there another problem with the date? 20, 2023. Yeah, that's that's a fact. That'll be picked up and doesn't necessarily need to be handled as a friendly amendment to the right. motion. Like the time that Alan suggests already. Okay. Is there any further discussion? Thank you. A lot of red tape. It gets where you're at. Thank you for dealing with both of you. Okay. All in favor, please signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed. Motion carries. The recommendation carries, I should say. Yeah. Thank you for your good work. Thank yeah. You. Thanks, Wayne. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. To, by the way, I have five stumps for my property in Lake Marsh. I have a copy. <laughs> <laughs> five. Yeah.
Where did you guys come from? But they, they got so desperate by all the games there. We had, we had deer lying down in the town of Hayden. They just gave up. We have raccoons that are size of bear cubs in Oak Creek. They're it's gigantic. Good, it is, it's, a, it's shocking. They're pets. Not a raccoon. Oh, man. Um, the administration, Mr. Administrator's report. Um, so, uh, meeting last week, um, that was really good, a really great conversation. I got the comments tonight about this land use is a prime example of, you know, some of the things that we want to try to streamline in our regulations and how uh, a lot of these newer uses we weren't thinking about back in 2006 or even before that, right? So, um, this is a really good opportunity. Um, unfortunately, we're we have to deal with the regulations that are currently in place. Um, we had a really good meeting the morning after our joint meeting with the development community. And um, and that was a really great discussion. Got some really good feedback. Um, more about uh, you know clarification, clarity in our regulations about process. There's a lot of push towards streamlining some processes, which I think you would expect coming from the development community. Um, but great feedback for us. And then we were also able to take our consultants out um, and finish up our site tours. So we went up north and then we um, took them out to West Steamboat as well as Stagecoach. And it was really great for them to actually see boots on the ground, the, the landscape, you know, as we're talking about um, updating our regulations. So it was really valuable to them um, and, and for us to be able to show them some of, you know, the areas of concern that we're dealing with um, and actually see, like, the actual example. So overall, it was great. Um, then, let's see. You read in the paper, I'm sure, about Thunderstruck. <laughs> so those of you that were part of that fund process, um, they, um, you know, during our planning commission meeting, I misspoke about that it wasn't going to the board of county commissioners, and that was an internal miscommunication um, where, I mean, this process, Typically, when something goes to the board, we'll have the date that it's on there, and it wasn't on the calendar, regardless if it goes to the board, and they got beat up pretty hard. I'm sure you read. Um, they did not revoke Thunderstruck's permit, but, you know, I think they finally got it. <laughs> um, you know, you need to follow your permit conditions, and... Um, Anyway, so that was, you know, uh, I'm glad I was over Zoom for that meeting because it was really hard to keep a poker face during that meeting um, after they were just getting beat up. But um, deserved. Um, message was was clear. Um, is is that a normal process that it goes straight to, to the commission, county commissioners? Versus coming back here? It came back to us. No, it, 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 was, it was before planning commission first. So in your land use condition, in your land use permits, once they're approved, there's a standard condition. It's usually condition number two, where there's complaints or concerns. It goes back before the deciding bodies. 
Or is it the same process, the same as what the approval process was? What was the date when it came through? The 20th? April 20th. Yeah. So that was our spring break, so I wasn't here for that. The miscommunication was we thought it was going to stop here. I got the impression. Yeah. No, 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 no. So after Alan got back, we were talking about it. He was like, oh, it's scheduled for the full board. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and um, anyway, so we rectified our internal process, but um, but it did go before the board. So um, it was a recommendation by you all um, who were here to not uh, the, the, let me try that again. The actual recommendation was that you all agreed that they were in violation and that they needed to come into compliance by July 1st. That was one of the options. So they went before the Board of County Commissioners and they agreed with that. But I think Commissioner Corgan in particular was ready to revoke their permit um, and wasn't buying the, I think, understand or get it as um which there was you know i would say what you saw was different from what the commissioner saw with the applicants um he was over zoom and it was a little more tongue-in-cheek if you will in front of the commissioners which i think we discussed internally that probably wasn't going to go over well um, so it didn't um but they need to come into compliance by July 1st. And um, and then if they don't, um, that is when um, we would schedule it again for revocation. I think that was pretty clear by you all right. making those same kind of comments to the operator, as well as echoed by the Board of County Commissioners. Um, and then just for those of you that weren't here, it was discussed that um, it's more than likely that that operator may try to come back for an amendment of his permit. Um, and a lot of that, the reasoning or rationale, I should say, that he gave to all of you is after, you know, this is the first year of his business using that site. Um, and, you know, there was some clear, um, uh, I guess, things and conditions that weren't working for the overall operation. And so you can probably expect some sort of amendment coming back before you at some point. And what that looks like, I can't tell you. Um, and you know, we'll we'll see what um, they present as as their. I think their rationale. inexperience kind of shines through their age and their level of maybe stuff that they've been involved with in the past. And yeah. Not necessarily. I we we beat them up a little bit, but we weren't nearly as hard on them as maybe the BCC was. Yeah, I mean, which is you, you guys were all very clear and gave yeah. your direction. And Jim over here, you know, was like dad being like, read your permit. <laughs> um, but you know, typically what happens on our end, and we discussed this a little bit with the uh, the application tonight, is because of that complaints and concerns, we try to work with the operator first to come into a reasonable compliance. Um, and so when we receive complaints on um, on her operation, you know, we, we obviously did site inspections, spoke with her, and the 
reasonable coming into compliance was that she was moving to a better site in three weeks. And it wasn't like something we were gonna schedule that before you all, knowing that her lease was up anyway. Um, and for what point, right? The fact that she, um, you know, it's a different site, it's a completely different permit area. It needed to go back through the process. It's not something that we could just amend and, you know, transfer the operation to a different site. So that's what happened there. But Thunderstruck, we tried multiple times. I mean, I can't tell you. All winter, bringing yeah. them in and trying to work with them. And literally, the hand holding it took. And it was almost so blatant that it was like, are you just like doing this on purpose and just doing what you want? Or do you really just not get it? You know, I mean, it was like. Whoops, I almost leaned towards the not get it. Yeah, I mean, he's good that way, right? Well, and just it, again, like I mean, we've seen 50 year developers come before us and say, I didn't know. Yeah. And I have a hard time buying that with someone who's been through and involved. The goal is to revoke somebody's permit. I yeah. mean, there's money invested. He purchased the property. I mean, that's not our end game. If we can work with an operator to try to gain clients, that is always the best alternative. And I really hope he got the message to understand there's a lot at risk here. You know, um, so I think your hand holding will continue. <laughs> and, and I think we gave them the benefit of the doubt for a lot of it. Sure. Because yeah. It wasn't, I mean, the, the permit wasn't approved until September, October, and then that's when it started snowing. And then it really started snowing as their first year at the site. I mean, there's there's a learning curve and there's operational things that you learn. And so we definitely gave him the benefit of the doubt of a lot of that stuff, but then we'd be talking. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm doing this." He's like, "What do you mean you're doing that? Like, this is the first time I've heard it. Where does it say in the permit that you can do that?" So it was just, or he purchased an entire whole another parcel that wasn't included in the permit, <laughs> and and yeah, we would have never known that if he didn't like blatantly just tell us that, right? And we're just like, okay. Hold up. <laughs> we need to sit down and figure out like what you are actually doing and make sure it is covered in your permit. And you know, that's you know, anyway, that's how that all pretty much transpired. And so um he was then supposed to submit an application to us with um, a lot of this information by a hard date. And after that hard date came and went, we're like, we're scheduling him. I mean, we don't typically do that, but it's like, how many times are you gonna, you know, treat the benefit doubt and you know try to work with somebody? Um, so that was thunderstruck. That was fun. So um, what are the what are the odds that he's going to come into compliance? I an over under. <laughs> we can get a table. Um, a, a thing. Um, Where's the biggest one? Well, I'll I'll put it this way. Um, so his date, he's almost there. Um, he needs to apply for a building permit. Is is the big one, which I don't believe he has yet. Oh, sure. But he went ahead instead of us being clear. You know, we've been very clear about hey, before we even consider an amendment of anything in your permit, you need to come to compliance here. It's just a permit, you know. And um, and so. He then goes ahead, I think, 
week or two ago and submits an amendment to his permit. Yeah, and it's like, oh, God, I'm so frustrated. <laughs> well, so well, we gave him a deadline for when he needed to submit it or it was going to get scheduled, and he submitted a woefully incomplete application. Sure. And so then we started working on this. The staff report came out and it says you have to apply to amend your permit. He applied to amend it before the planning commission hearing even happened. And it, yeah, it, it was just. And this is all like directions in writing, you yeah. know, like making sure we're following all this. And I'm like, <sighs> so, um, like again, I'm hoping, you know, um, I mean, it's. Is that, I want to say that's the third action, actionable hearing that I've been involved with, maybe in all. It doesn't the, happen. Often. It does not. I mean, like, happen. usually yeah. we can work with a, an operator before it gets to that point. Uh huh. But um, yeah. So um, we'll see. Huh. <laughs> we'll keep you posted on that. They might be back. They might be back. Anyone want to take that? Well, oh, yeah. I encourage reading those. <laughs> yeah. on 
on the game Valley Bugle? Uh, it was like the Bugle's post on Facebook in the comments section. Uh, okay. yeah. It's just like, I mean, like. Well, during our site tour, we took our consultants to the top of the ski area so they could get a good view and part of their, um, you know, the, just to really see the scale. And um, so Chris Wittemeyer was up there and it was the day after that article came out and he was like, he had his like pale between his legs, really sad. And, and I was like, what's going on? He's like, that article that came out was terrible. And he was mainly referring to the comments and apparently, and I hadn't seen the comments, but I could only imagine, oh, yeah. right? And so um, apparently it was that bad and he was very upset over it, oh, so. I think um, it was a horrible article. And no, he was more upset about the comments. No, the comments. Yeah. And I mean, what do you care about the comments? Yeah. That every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, you got thicker skin, you know, because you have to expect you're going to get, like, you know, you just kind of summarizing them, you know, being like, this is going to be a private development. This is BS. We don't need this here. And, you know, kind of. Oh, that's great. I mean, just like. Yeah, you would think they were the commissioner for his quote at the end of the article. Color well, me skeptical. That's like, what are you, Doug Munger? <laughs> well, we've seen the real estate. We've seen press releases before for the benefit of increasing the real estate value and transactions that were in place at yeah. or going in place at the time yeah affecting negotiations i mean we so. have been talking to both developers we've heard about um and they were both present at our small group discussion um and you know we, we got some good feedback from both of them along with um you know peter Penn was there and you know all of your Usual suspects. Yeah. Um, you know, we had John Vanderblumen, you know, land use attorney, and we had uh, surveyors and some architects, and nice. Um, and it was good, but um, but yes, we have been actively speaking to both developers throughout this process, and one of the two did submit an application, um, which is Tailwaters. Um, it's going to be the Tailwaters development. Um, but we're still talking with them. Um, they submitted for sketch plan right now. Um, and this is for that 90 acres that's essentially on the corner of County Road 16 and 18A, um, which is going out near South Shore. And um, it's still very preliminary and we're still in discussions about their overall submittal and then talking with our consultants also just about the timing of it. Because there's a lot of things that we we have ideas about and what we're looking to do specifically talking about the tier two areas, whether we want to create zoning districts we were telling you or do like an overlay with specific standards. So it may be in their best interest to wait until we do the rolling adoption we were talking about till we get to that module two, um, which may benefit them or maybe just more streamline the process 
depending on you know what the result is. Um, and they've been really great to work with up until this point, um, really receptive and pretty transparent. So um, I'm thinking that they may hold up and choose to move forward now because then the way I see it, it could be you're, you're duplicating some of these processes that may not be necessary. Um, so that's where we're at. That application has not been deemed complete, and we're going to actually try to talk to the developers first about um, a better path and and building up for now. So you still anticipate at some point in the future seeing a full complete application coming forward? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, at least from one of the two. Cool. <laughs> Potentially two of the two. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the actual ski area or the bulk of it is the 35 acre flat of it, but uh, month ago? Uh, yeah. Like that. Yeah, so, that's part of what we wanted um, our consultants to see um, is uh, those of you who have ever been or are familiar with the stagecoach ski area specifically, there's a pretty decent, nice road that you drive all the way to the top. <laughs> And so along that road, they platted, um, you know, how many lots, but it's up there like 100 lots, 35s. Yep, that's about right. Yeah. And so, you know, part of what we've been talking about is incentivizing an LPS over 35s. And so for them to actually see it along with that overall development, which doesn't just include the ski area. Um, you know, the, and obviously nothing has formally been submitted, right? But it's it's the ski area, it's an LPS, it's the 35s along with the golf course piece. Yeah. So with the potential with lots of residences. So um, so yeah, we've been having a lot of internal discussions and um and then you know, it's just been challenging because, you know, there's this pressure, right, from the development community, but we're in this process of updating our regs. And so um, at this point, they both, both developers have been really, uh, I would say, patient and understanding that, you know, it's in your best interest to wait. Um, so we don't expect, um, them to both move forward at this time, and I think they're going to wait, and we more than likely will see applications come early fall. It's going to be exciting stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's all I have. Any other questions related to that, or anything else? <laughs> all right. We are adjourned. Yep. All right. Yeah.